The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. What's going on, great people? And welcome back to another exciting high school episode of our PA High School Football Report podcast here. I'm Nebby Asais, and this week we have a very interesting segment with football state championships down the road at Cumberland Valley High School. We got all of our colleagues on here. We got Brian Linder, Eric Epler, and Dan Sostic. Fellas, how you doing? I don't know how we're supposed to do but Yeah. Are we getting paid extra for this? Paid <laughs> extra? No? No? <laughs> And do we, Nebby, how are you, buddy? We have to raise yeah. our hands when we talk. I think that's. Yeah. I like that Nebby just assumes that everybody's like a great person. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you say that? What about, what about the people who are down and out and not having good thoughts right now, Nebby? Oh, man. I'm here. I'm here to uplift them, them, man. Football makes that's people right. happy. That's right. Exactly. We probably got some bad people to listen to us to. Hey, man. No, that's sure. not true. Our listenership is. Jesus. You're all great. Nice. Thanks, Debbie Downer. <laughs> saying. Anyway, I'm Brian Linder. We got Eric Epler up. Let him let him know the voice. Uh, welcome everybody. Appreciate you uh, tuning in uh, for this. Um, is this would this be the penultimate podcast? Is that how this works for the football season? Dan, you That's, would know. I, I'm not. Uh, it's pronounced Pen Live. <laughs> yeah. Nebby Asias. We got the whole crew here, guys. It's a big week. We we are doing a ton of work. Dan just came back from Harrisburg for um, some interviews and sort of like a little media scrum we set up with them. But we're gonna we're gonna run down two podcasts this week. We always have two podcasts. Uh, we're gonna look at some players that you guys you know you're not gonna want to miss and some interesting guys we think going into this week's uh, state championship games. And then for our second uh, podcast of the week. You won't want to miss that either because we'll kind of run through the games then and kind of look at who we think is going to win, maybe how they're going to win, and and you'll hear us give our picks and predictions, which if you've been following those along at Penn Live, guys, I think I'm going to go ahead and call call it for the championship. Oh, don't call it yet. I think I'm going to go ahead and take a victory lap. Nah, see. How many games up in my Epler? I think Epler's the closest. Sostic made a run at it. Nebby. <laughs> Sostic made a hell of a run. Yeah, I think he's. I think yeah, I think you're a couple up uh, now, yeah. uh, for sure. It is only six. Got, I no. think I think you got it the last two years. So yes, yeah, two time champ. I'm, I, I yeah, I don't think I can three peat though. Yeah, one of those I had a bone marrow transplant was recovering from cancer, and Epler still celebrated. I think. Nah, that was three years ago. I'm blaming it on on illness, Epler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to have a trophy made this year since I won it. Well, you can leave slots for little plaques that say Epler, Epler. You know. We'll see. I don't know. Dan. Dan. Dan told me he had it dialed in, and he did make a run. I'll do. I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, next pandemic, I'll get. I'll win it. We'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, sorry. When the results are next pandemic again, I'll win it. Yeah. So next pandemic. Nebby always says he's in the gym. I don't believe it. I don't believe he lifts. I've never. Or anybody say Nebby lisp, but maybe he does because you know you got to spend a little bit more time maybe trying to catch up in these in these pickums next year, Nebby. You also don't see Lamborghini making commercials, do you? And we ain't we ain't gonna we ain't gonna talk about. It. <laughs> hey, 
Say whatever you're going to say. We ain't going to talk about this record. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, man. The last come first in some parts of the world. It's all right. I'll get better next year. <laughs> Guys, let's get to some players here. Uh-huh. I mean, we got we got a fully loaded clip coming this week. Uh, you know, a, a fully loaded slate of talent. And uh, and I think it's uh, and obviously exciting. They made it to state championship. This 1A game, Union, Union area is coming in. They're going to play Steel High. This is a this is a interesting matchup because I think Union is a little bit of a a Cinderella team, right? No, I don't think anybody had Union coming coming to this game, and and then you have Steel High. Let's talk about some guys you guys are looking at in this game, and and Nebby, I know you covered them Steel High last week, and I know there's one guy particularly Nebby's excited about, but who's standing out in you guys' minds for this one A game? Starting off, kicking off one at one o'clock Thursday at Cumberland Valley for the one A game. Well, first and foremost to me, the name that comes to mind is Ronald Burnett, man. In the past two games for Steel High, he has six touchdowns combined. He was an absolute beast last week in the win against Canton. I'm electrifying. Like I talked to him in an interview, he only had like 20 rushing yards on the ground in the first half. But in the second half, he just ex- completely exploded and gave his team the ignition they needed to to pull through. Um, of course, their stellar quarterback, Alex Irby, does it all. Um, he had some rushing yards there, but he threw for a touchdown, too. Um, it has a weapon, a, a barrage of wide receivers, if I may say, and Jayon Perry, Daquan Crawford. Um, unfortunately, um, Darrell Caesar's out for the rest of the season. He got ejected in the the, the game before last in the state quarterfinal game. He um, is appealing that. Okay, as he should. As he should. I, I don't feel expect, like I don't expect he'll get it. But I just talked to his dad yesterday, and um, and I know that they are still. They have not given up. Um, we'll probably have an update on Penn Live on that. I feel like he should appeal it. You know, it's, it's the kid's senior year. Missing two games back-to-back, especially a state championship game, I feel like is unjust. Um, you know, but that game was a bit of a chippy game where he got ejected there against Northern Lehigh. So. In the rules, though, my man. And, yeah. and, and, and there are a couple – I mean, we'll, we'll see how it all comes out in the wash. Like I said, you guys have to pay attention to Penn Live to what his dad's saying the situation is. First, what the officials are saying the, uh, the situation is, but I, I want to go back to Ronald Burnett real quick because I feel like we know football around the state pretty darn well, particularly in the mid pen. We covered the heck out of the mid pen. All you guys have seen still high this year. We've all talked about Ronald Burnett was a kid who, for you know, you guys covered still high playing in that opening game against Bishop Bishop Canavan, and um, and he wasn't around. It was Kai Noss, mm-hmm. and then we go and play Trinity. And all of a sudden, here comes this kid. And Epler, the one thing you said that stood out in my mind was he's kind of uh, he's more of a game changer in his ability to take it to the house, right? I mean, he he gets through the hole quick and gets down the field. Yeah, how convenient for Steel High, right? I mean, Ja'Kai Noss gets injured, supposedly injured, um, you know, in week eight in Trinity. And all of a sudden, they just get back Burnett uh, in that week. And Burnett goes off for 200-plus yards against Trinity. Uh, and really sort of makes a statement in his first action. Uh, they weren't even sure they were going to have him uh, mm-hmm. this year, or at least get a chance. But, I mean, it was just luck, I guess. Uh, good luck, good fortune for Steel High. But, yeah, not only does, you know, uh, Ja'Kai Noss was a good running back, don't get me wrong, but he was he was a guy who sought out the hole. Burnett, Burnett runs to the hole, hits the hole with reckless abandon, uh, doesn't mind contact, and you really realize his breakaway speed once he gets in open space. I mean, he really has that, that kind of second gear. And he seems like a kid, too, that – I mean, I've seen Steel High now 
five times, four or five times. And he takes a lot of hits head on. Yeah. And he just keeps popping back and getting faster and better and stronger as the game goes on. I mean, he's a, he's a kid that could easily take 25, 30 carries and he's just going to be as good and as fast and as tough and carry number 30 as he's his carry number one. So I was, I'm really impressed with the kid. Uh, he's a fun, he, he, you can tell he loves the game too. He plays it with that sort of bounce in his step, which a lot of guys from steel high do. Don't get me wrong, but he was just sort of a revelation week eight. He just appeared and, um, and he's been, I think he's over a thousand yards now and it's what six games. Mm-hmm. That's the neat thing about it. Right guys. Because I, it's fair to say, I feel like we knew the rollers pretty darn well. And then when he ran for like 220 against Trinity, mm-hmm. which was a game away from the, the, the 2A state title game. Right. Uh, you know, he, we were all like, who is this kid? Because he, I mean, I don't think we written Ronald Burnett's name before, mm-hmm. what was it, like week, what game was that, week seven? Right. Yeah, he knew. He, well, he wasn't on the field until Trinity. Right. Yeah, and, and here he is, and, 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 I mean, he won. He he won. Nebby was there. He got the game winner mm-hmm. last. They wouldn't have won that game without him. And, and you know, everybody gets. Everybody wants to talk about Alex Herbie. Mm-hmm. So I got to tell you this year. I think you and I talked about this some too. Alex Herbie's passing numbers are not as big this year, guys, as they were last year. Now, some of that's probably Ronald Burnett coming on, um, coming on at the end of the season like he has, and their ability to run the football. Um, but. I've, I've seen more development as a passer, I think, watching his games. He's thrown some balls that were really well-placed. Very accurate. Or 200 pounds. College player. I've got an interesting kind of perspective here because I only steal high game I've had the fortune of being at was their opener this year against Canavan. And I have to correct you guys, Ronald Burnett actually did play against Canavan. He had nine carries for 53 yards in that one. Um, oh, okay. Yep. So, and then I think he disappeared for a few weeks. but. Um, I think he hurt his wrist. Yeah, but he he did look pretty good. And I remember kind of saying, I don't, I've never seen this guy before. Um, but in that Canavan game, Al, Alex Irby didn't look too great. It was one of kind of it was an uneven performance from him. I think he would admit that too. Um, Coach Andrew Irby said, you know, I was going through. He was going through some personal stuff that week, and basically admitted like we didn't get to do a full install that week, and kind of put the blame on his shoulders. Then week two. Had a tough game against Westinghouse. We we see we'll talk about how good Westinghouse is, but man, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that last year it was it was just kind of you know throwing bombs to Tyrone Moore and uh, you know just kind of having some fun slinging the ball around. I think this year he's he's been a complete quarterback who can make those timely plays that win playoff games. I mean, I think against Trinity, I don't think he threw for a hundred yards, Epler, but I texted Epler during that game. There were a couple balls that he threw down the field that his guys, you know, just didn't make the play, but he put them where it was the only place you could put them. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a great – that Northern Lehigh throw, when Nebby was there, they beat Northern Lehigh with four seconds to go. Mm-hmm. He hit Jayon Perry in the back corner of the end zone. Yep. Serby's a, a college quarterback now, guys. You know, he had all the tools. People say, oh, how can – he had offers last year. He had offers last year. He had all the tools. You could see it. Some guys – sometimes guys – don't take the next step. I think he's taking the next step as a passer. So, you know, they got the pass game. They got the run game. Uh, anybody else we want to talk about there for Steel High? Absolutely. Yeah, just, just another one on Irby real quick, too. He doesn't get credit for being a smart quarterback. Yeah. He's a smart kid. 
And, you know, and to be fair, he just went over 3,000 yards. So he's got big numbers too this year. But you're right. It's definitely a different scheme, though, as well. They're basically trying to nibble. Instead of last year trying to stretch the defense out and space them out by just going vertical to more and these guys, now they're trying to stretch them out by throwing out in the flanks a little bit, a more precision passing game. So it looks a little different. It looks like, you know, it takes a while for them to sort of get uh, up to that. But it's also been really, really effective because they haven't lost until, you know, since that week two game against Westinghouse. So it's a little bit different. I, I think you're right. I think, I think it hadn't, you're right. You know, I said he doesn't have as big a numbers. He's had great numbers almost for anybody, but it's, it has been just, I guess, a different approach, especially probably the last six, seven games, I think, of the season. Well, one guy, one other guy quickly before we move off Steel High, I think, I, I think deserves some shout out. I mean, everyone talks about Andrew Irby Jr., rightfully so. And, you know, Tyshawn Holland um, gets a lot of as well. But I, I think Eugene Green's been absolutely massive for that team. I think he's been one of the best linemen in, in the mid-pen, at least, in District 3. I think he's super underrated. And I think he's going to be big in this game because, uh, you know, everything kind of goes through. Everything kind of goes through, especially on defense. He's a good defensive lineman, too. Everything, um, you know, Union does goes through their quarterback. Uh, 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 running pass and everything. I think he's. I think he's been one of their best players. that doesn't really get enough uh, enough credit. Green Green is the same the, uh, kind of player that Reynolds is for Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same type of impact player. He's been a beast all year long. He just doesn't have the same sack total. Mm-hmm. Yep. As Terrell, it, it, he's a, but he's the same type of impact player. He's been absolutely great all year. And there are a whole bunch of guys on the Steel High team. Eugene Green's a guy who's now he's probably a, a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's been there two or three years. People forget, you know, they went out and beat Jeanette with a bunch of freshmen like Jayon Perry playing linebacker, Amari Williams. They got a bunch of kids who were freshmen then who put up, I mean, some nice statistics, especially defensively, who are still out there. We mentioned Andrew Irby Jr. He, you know, he may be the best college prospect on the team. Yeah. He's a little banged up. So that's a storyline to watch going into this, whether or not they'll have him available up front. Uh, flip side, you know, guys, for Union, I, I think the one guy to watch is Braylon Thomas, their quarterback. We talked a little bit about him before the podcast comes on. He's a, he's a long, lanky kid. Um, and they got him, it looks like, doing a ton of a ton of the heavy lifting for them. Yeah, the 1A and 2A teams out of Pittsburgh are some really good stories because I don't think – a lot of people before the season pegged them to be in the state title game. And uh, I've talked to some of my friends out West. They're saying no one thought Union was going to be in this spot. But, I mean, they beat Bishop Canavan better than Steel I did um, week one. Yep. Um, they're, so they're no fluke. They, you, you, you're not a fluke if you get to the PIA state championship game. It's too hard to, even in 1A. And uh, I think, uh, like you said, they do. it all goes through Thomas. I would agree with you, and I hate to digress, fellas, but I want to touch back with Stilton real fast, although we talked a lot about them, because you mentioned those grit guys, uh, Dan, Eric, and, and Brian, and like a guy like Eugene Green. He had like two sacks and a fumble recovery last week. Nonetheless, I feel like guys like Bam Appleby and Asa Kochevar have been really big for Still High as well because they bring that hunger, the grit, and the grind. Bam Appleby is a guy who went from being the starting quarterback at his old high school in Middletown to coming and filling in the roles where as need be for the still high secondary and even on offense. I mean, there was a, a play there at the very end of the game. I mean, granted, it was only 15 seconds left on the clock. Alex Irby appeared to be a bit shaken up. Nonetheless, Dan went in there, took the knee, ran the offense. It's like he's a very reliable and dependable guy. So 
we're, we're going to have a two-hour podcast here if I don't move it along. But I will say that is an interesting, also another interesting sort of subplot in this game is Phil High has three guys, Marquise Beasley, Asa Kokvar, and Bam Appleby, who wore Middletown Blue Raiders when the season started. You guys probably saw, you know, what happened with Middletown there uh, with the hazing incident where that program got shut down. These kids were obviously cleared of wrongdoing to be allowed to play for Stu High. So it's very interesting uh, that they, uh, you know, they were able to transfer. They were able to get in. They were able to get cleared uh, when they thought their se- they weren't going to have a season. But that's another one to watch, guys. Let's, let's, let's move on Thursday evening, Thursday night, another big one, especially locally. Uh, Bishop McDavid is going to rematch Aliquippa in the 4A game. There are a ton of guys we can talk about here. Who wants to start this off? Who we let's start locally. How about McDevitt, guys? I mean, it's names we talked about all year. Well, I was there last week, and um, I'll tell you, I mean, obviously everyone talks about Stone Saunders, Marquise Williams, all these guys. The real story to me this year, and what's gonna be if this game goes different than it did last year, it's the defense. The defense is playing out of its mind right now. That all three levels are just on a different level than they were a year ago. I mean, Cade Werner has been incredible at linebacker that kid is i mean they just they just keep producing these lines from ryan russo to Cade werner then you got the backfield with defensive backfield with jair rollison nevin hopkins are just locking everything up they're getting tons of pressure on the quarterback they're stopping the run i i think last week um presswood had 22 total yards of offense they had 100 mcdevitt had 170 penalty yards that's another story but um 22 total yards in a state semifinal game is that in a four A state semifinal game, that's pretty crazy. So I think that pretty. I I would say that um, especially given how Aliquippa plays the plays football, they play through the running. They play via running, running the ball a lot of running. Uh, Tiki Hayes sounds like he might injury scare. I think Cade Warner and the Riley Rebel in that line. I think they're going to be the team for this game. Yeah, I think if you, you're looking at Aliquippa's end, uh, it's John Tracy. And the reason it's John Tracy is the fact that Tickway Hayes got banged up last week. Uh, I think he had 119 yards when he went out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Tracy stepped right in. I think he had 133 yards uh, in that game against Allentown Central Catholic, 31-10 victory. Uh, so Tracy may be a guy that they're going to lean on a little bit more um, if uh, if Hayes is not 100%. It's hard to believe he's going to be 100%, even if it was a slight injury. Slight injuries tend to nag a little bit in the cold weather uh, this time of year. So um, we all know what Hayes can do and what he did last year to McDevitt's uh, offense or defense that also came in with a pretty good reputation for stopping the run. Um, and it all starts with those guys up front. They're going to – McDevitt's going to face size here that they haven't faced all year. Yeah. Naquan Crowder, yeah. 325. Nico Eberhardt's list- listed at 285. He's probably bigger than that. Jason McBride's. Six three two ninety. I mean, McBride is like trying to move a mountain, and it's and the thing is, this mountain can run. These guys don't. These guys aren't just refrigerators sitting in there and just holding up. Jaquan Crowder was at the. Uh, I went to the two tenths uh, camp in Pittsburgh this year. He might have mm-hmm. been the best lineman there. He was dominating, really good yeah. talent in those drills. So it's it's a little bit about it's a little bit of the St. Joe's prep thing to get for McDevitt too to get that out of their heads. You can say all you want about. Oh, we're not scared of anybody with this and that. But, you know, once you get down and dirty there, uh, you know, Aliquippa, you got to you got to beat the players and you got to beat the brain. Mm-hmm. 
And that's that's a big assignment for McDevitt, especially after last what happened last year. We didn't even mention Cam Lindsay too, who destroyed the game yeah. last year. He was at the absolute game record of all game record. He, he took he took a pick to the house, and he's a big time college recruit. Yeah. He can and, play in the box linebacker. He can run and cover like a safety. I think the neat thing about this game is when you look at this being a rematch, and then you run down the list of these names, like like. You know, Epp brought up John Tracy. John Tracy had some nice runs last year in his state title game. Yep. Quentin Good, their quarterback, he didn't throw for a lot in the first half. Had a pretty nice second half. He's back. Um, Cam Lindsay, the big lineman. An interesting matchup, guys. And I think one of the things where, like, McDevitt's going to have to figure this out, okay? On the outside, they got Rico Scott, who's so explosive at receiver. They have Tyshawn Russell, who's been a – a revelation at receiver, um, probably not as heralded as, as Rico. He's not. He's probably had a better year. They had Jeff Penn. They got some guys. But Aliquippa's got Donovan Walker and Brandon Banks out there yep. who are legitimate Division One corners. And so they can match up probably like no other team can on the outside with McDevitt, right? And so then that's where it kind of maybe comes back into – and we'll talk about that more in our second podcast of the week where we start talking about matchups and how this game plays. But I think if you're looking for guys to look at, Rico Scott, Tyshawn Russell on the outside with those two corners, that's a neat matchup to me in this game. And, and, and four guys who I think all of four of those guys are special. And this was, this is when the schedule questions kind of come into play, right? You know, you play the really tough games week one and week two, Imatep and LaSalle, and then you play the mid-pen schedule, which, I mean, no offense to any of the programs we're talking about, but it's it's not – it's not the caliber you're going to face uh, in Aliquippa. And then even if you look at kind of their their run to the state title game, I mean, Mannheim Central's a very good team. Crestwood's a very good team. But there's not that, you know, true blue blood level Division One talent. Last year, they kind of faced that in the semifinals a little bit. They saw some more talent and had to kind of really battle. I They really haven't been tested in a close game in a while. Yeah. I think a lot of you will hit on a, a bunch of great points. And like you alluded to, Dan, the keystone is just not, you know, what they've been facing here in these playoffs. And that's something Coach Wechter talked to me about whenever I went out with uh, our colleague Eric here to the last game I watched them play. Nonetheless, I really want to accredit uh, Coach Weck, who, who's been, uh, you know, extremely great all year. Um, he has weapons all over the field and, you know, he speaks highly of them. But much credit to the defense, too, and, like, their defensive coordinator, Danny Lansana, who does a great job with guys like Riley Robel and a lot of the, those other guys on there, like Lawler, who had two sacks the game I came out and saw um, when they played Mannheim Central. Um, and I just think that, you know, as loaded as this team is, I think they're, they're, they're looking for blood and, and revenge in this Aliquippa game. So I think it'll be a much more interesting game to watch this year than last year, given that last year wasn't even a blowout itself. And that's interesting, too, because – Usually, a lot of times with coaches, they kind of play, you know, the coach speak where they're like, hey, just another game. We're just focused on other stuff. Weck, Weck has not been shy. The players have not been shy about saying we've got Aliquip on our minds yeah. like pretty much all season, Dave, which I think is good. I mean, it would be a complete lie and everyone would know it if they said they weren't looking ahead to Aliquip. We, we didn't even name everybody in this game. I mean, Riley Robel's or James Madison mm-hmm. commit on the defensive line, offensive line. Gabe Arena, uh, you know, for Bishop McDavid, Gabe Arena, tackle. He's going to Virginia Tech. This game is probably about as loaded uh, in terms of college talent and guys you're, going, you're not going to want to miss as we'll have in, in the whole state championships. But 
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more. Let's move it on, guys, to Friday. We'll come back 1 o'clock. You got a, a, a 2A game, Westinghouse and Southern Columbia. I'm excited about this game. I know Epp just watched Southern Columbia beat up on Trinity last week. Epp, Ep, where do you want to start with, like, guys that people don't want to miss here, man? Well, I mean, you know, if you're talking Southern, you have to talk about Braden mm-hmm. Wislowski and West Barnes. Those are the two-headed monster in the backfield for Southern Columbia. You know this is the wing tee. You know they're going to run. And this is a really good and really disciplined offensive line that they're running mm-hmm. behind. Uh, that being said, Westinghouse has done some pretty impressive things on this uh, on this trip to to Cumberland Valley. But it's all about slowing those two guys down. And Wislowski, you guys know, is a sprint champion. Uh, and Barnes is just as fast. And, you know, the misdirection – offense obviously is something probably Westinghouse hasn't seen a lot of. Uh, I didn't go back and look at their schedule and see who runs this and that, but maybe they faced it once or twice, um, you know, on this ride. But um, again, you're dealing with Southern Columbia. They're always here. They're going for six in a row. Um, And Westinghouse is obviously, to me, sort of playing with house money which is a good thing, I think, for them, um, being here, the first Pittsburgh City school to be here in 20-plus years. So um, I, I, those two guys are just, for me, they're it. Those two guys are, are going to dictate what happens in this football game. What we can get to, and we're going to go over the game later, but I'll tell you, Keyshawn Marcillo for Westinghouse, yeah. been on his film for two years now, and he, he doesn't. I don't think he even has an offer. He probably has one or two. I think smaller colleges actually. He just got Westminster. The guy can mm-hmm. play football. Okay. They came, they smacked Steel High around and just out Steel High them. They had better, you know, they had better athletes that game. And they had, and, and he probably outplayed Alex Irby in that game. Uh, so to me, that's a guy you don't want to miss. He's got Sincere Smith out there. They have some speed around him and he's a really good quarterback. So, I mean, those are the guys I'm looking at in the game. Guys, you mentioned Epp and, and Morcillo. Morcillo, to me, I think could, could be a, a determining guy in this game. Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. I, probably the mo- one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the state, if not the most underrated in the state. When you you go toe-to-toe with Steel High like that and, frankly, dominate them. I mean, we haven't seen a team dominate them like that in a while. Uh, you can that, that means you're great enough to win a state title in my book. Yeah, I think Epp hit the, the, the nail right on the head right there. I mean, he was extremely accurate. This team's offensive game is their run game and their one-two punch. Wislowski's like just shy of 2,000 rushing yards, 24 touchdowns, and then you got Wes Barnes, who has another 16 touchdowns and, what, 1,500 rushing yards. So, I mean, they're just extremely powerful there in that backfield, and it'll be interesting to watch. And it's key, too, because Barnes is fairly, uh, you know, fairly fresh. I mean, he's only been back from an injury for a couple of games. And, um, you know, he, he's just like lightning. I mean, if you, if you let him out of the bottle, boy, I mean, he told, you know, they, they won that they won lopsided against Trinity and they had, they had, you know, I don't know what it was. Negative three passing yards. There were two, for four for negative three, 503 rushing mm-hmm. yards against Trinity. Now I know Trinity has had some issues stopping the run during the season, but 
that's that's their mo, and it's just it's just a difficult uh, franchise to kind of get your, you know. Now, if you can dictate tempo and you can get them early and you can put some points on the board, uh, yeah, then. But again, this defense is pretty good too. It's pretty stout and pretty disciplined, so uh, it, it's still going to be an uphill climb for Westinghouse. Trinity you had a heck of a year out, and I don't want to say anything bad. And I think yeah. Southern Columbia is good, but that Trinity that Trinity defensive film. Oh well, you well. We talked about Burnett earlier in the show about what he did to Trinity. I mean, Trinity. Yeah, there's no. It, this is not a mystery. Trinity has given up big chunks of yardage on the ground all year long. There were some loafs though in that game I, that I saw, which surprised me on defense. I mean, again, I think Trinity is ahead of schedule. They had a great year. I think so. So I'm still. I'm still. I don't. I, the one thing I'll say, and we'll get to this more when we do the game breakdowns. I don't think this is the same Southern Columbia. They're still pretty good, but I don't think they're the same Southern Columbia. So, I think it'll be interesting. We hey, we got the five A game that night, seven o'clock. This one could be loaded too. Imhotep, Pine Richland. You guys all saw Imhotep play Bishop McDevitt, and a great game to start a year. Where do we start here, guys? Who 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 should people be looking out for? Well, I think I want to start with Pine Richland here, and no no discredit to them. Um, Emotep is just stacked, and I feel like we can talk about them a lot longer than we can Pine Richland, in my opinion. But Ryan Palomari, if I'm pronouncing his name yeah, correctly. Palomari, I believe. I'm from South Carolina, so you can always blame that. I always blame that, guys, for not being able to pronounce these names. Yeah, you know, Brian's good for saying that at least once or twice on every podcast episode. <laughs> Nonetheless, I want to mention he's their quarterback, but they don't have a strong passing game. He has 21 touchdowns all rushing. I think that's very interesting. I mean, he's an athlete. He reminds me of Isaac Sines from Cumberland Valley, man. I believe he's actually converted running back guys who they, who they slid into quarterback. It has to be because, I mean, the kid has 1,700 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns, but listed as quarterback. I think he has like 700 passing yards too, but – their throwing game, their passing game just isn't there, you know. Um, I think he's the guy to talk to and to focus on in this Emotep game, but I I just don't know how that's going to hold up against a really strong Emotep defense. You guys want to get into the Josiah Whittingtons and the Samaz Bridgman. I'll say I'll say this about Pine Richland too, guys. They got Ryan Corey. Mm-hmm. I, I think you saw him, Dan, at probably that camp. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the state. So if you're just looking for a guy who might be end up at Penn State or something, that's a guy. And um, I would just say, you know, Nebby, that breakdown's probably not wrong, but that's kind of what a lot of people said last year, too. I mean, a lot of not, I think Emotep was a pretty big favorite in last year's game, and they couldn't get it done there, too. These Whippeal teams are no joke. Mm-hmm. The run, what these teams have to go through to get to, get to uh, well, now Cumberland Valley is it's, it really kind of tests these guys and makes sure you have the best teams coming out there, and they kind of. They have to grind. I'm not saying Emotep hasn't. They definitely have, too. And Emotep's more talented. But Pine Richland is just one of those programs that they know how to win. They know how to play. They're, 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 I, I envision this game's going to be closer than it might you, look on paper. You guys know Dan went to Pitt, so he's Mr. Whippy all over there. <laughs> a, a little bit of a homer, home cooking going here for the Whippy guys. Yeah, I've got to go. I've got to support Pine Richland now. Pitt's new starting quarterback, so Pine Richland grant. So he'll jerk. Him. Yeah, he yep. committed today. So oh. uh, no, yeah, I uh, you know uh, for one of the guys, uh, Mathis. Uh, Zahir Mathis is a guy that that really is intriguing to me in this in this ball game, strictly because Pine Richland's bread and butter is Palmieri. I mean, it's just keeping that guy sort of hemmed in. Um, obviously, disrupting his timing a little bit is what Mathis does. I mean, this kid's only a sophomore, I believe, 
Am I am I right in yeah. that? Yeah, he's sophomore. He's already six. It's I don't know, six, six five, twenty five ish, two thirty. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know he he's a beast. We've seen him. You know, uh, uh, their pockets during the season. He dominated. Uh, and I, Imhotep's a team too. Like it, it seems to me like it takes them a little while to figure it out. But once they figure it out, mm-hmm. it's almost uh, it, it, they're almost too athletic to stop. Yeah. Once they figure it out, now. How long can Pine Richardson sort of take that cue and go? Uh, to me, is 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 the key. But Mathis is a guy that I'm really interested in watching. And and Imhotep, you could you can name 11, 15 well, guys real quick. Samaj mm-hmm. Bridgman, a linebacker, is a Michigan commit. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. six two, two thirty, runs, hits hard. Uh, Jabri Wallace Coleman, the running back, is is going to Georgia. Kenny Wosley Jr., the corner, is six footer, who's athletic, is going to be able to pick his school. Um, Jasir Wingman, mm-hmm. you know, is the six-two. He was a linebacker last year, guys. Running around a linebacker, and we actually ranked him as a defensive tackle. And he and he um he messaged me and said, "Hey, I play linebacker." I said, "No, you don't." I said, "You're going to be a defensive tackle." I said, "Listen, I always tell kids, listen to your coaches." I said, "But go ask your coach." And he come back and said, "Yeah, my coach says I think he thinks I'll play defensive line in college." Sixty-two eighty. He's a monster, guys. Yep. Yep. Well, Zafir Stewart at all on the offensive line too is what is is, I think he's only a junior, um, but you know he's an animal too. I mean he, he you know so yeah there's there's just there's wonderful athletes all over the place and and uh, but you're Dan, Dan's also right. I mean Pine, they're going to have a good game plan to kind of take Imhotep out of the out of the picture or at least disrupt them. And it's all a matter of I think how long it takes Imhotep to to get one of the best you know, in the out. country and Ramir Stewart. Ramir Stewart. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, again, I, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, the 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 Imhotep. I mean, the uh, the the Aliquippa Bishop McDevitt game being loaded. Imhotep's going to have 10, 15 guys that are going to play major Division One, some NFL potential there. It's an interesting game. Pine Richland's a well coached sort of veteran team too coming in, and and um, with some interesting guys. So that's going to be a good game, guys. Let's bounce it to Saturday and wrap up this players to watch so we can get into our second one. Uh, but Saturday, Newman Grady, which I got to tell you guys, they've had some of the best talent in the state for like the last three, four, five years. And I always thought they would get here. And then they didn't get here. They shocked me. They beat Wyo missing <laughs> last week. And now they're in the 3A title game playing Bell Vernon. Who wants to start it off here? Quinn Martin. Are we, should we just say Quinn Martin? I was going to say that right too, now? Dan. Go ahead, man. I mean, this this kid's a freak. He's he's as, as talented of a player as those in the state, and you don't always get those guys in the state championship game. But we're getting him getting him this time, and he's going to go against a really good uh, a really good uh, really talented, like you said, team in Newman Garetti. Maybe not the best Newman Garetti team we've seen in some years, but it, it's the one that was ready to do it. And like you said, uh, they beat Y missing. Uh, they're ready for it, but. I'm, t- I'm telling you, do you watch that Quinn and Martin film? That's an NFL player, I think. I think he looks like he's playing. Yeah, Dan. So, Bell, Quinn Martin, guys, he plays running back for him. He may be a linebacker, a running back, a safety at the next level. Everybody in the country pretty much wants that kid. Absolutely. So he's a guy, he definitely got to watch. I agree. I, I'll admit I was a bit sad when our guy, Javon Williams, went out there, man. That's one of the first guys we had here on this podcast. Nonetheless, Bell Vernon is one of those teams I feel like is a Southern Columbia with a very strong run game. Um, they got Quentin Martin, like Dan and Brian talked about. 
But they got the Jake Gettico kid, too, who uh, is, is extremely strong in the backfield. I think he added, what, 12 touchdowns on top of uh, Martin's 20 touchdowns, and he has like 1,000 rushing yards on the season. So anytime you have another guy with about 1,000 rushing yards to your starting running back, just proves how solid you are on the ground. So I think it'll be interesting to watch against Newman Garetti's defense. To me, I think the most important guy in this ball game is Braden Locks, quarterback for Bell Vernon. I think, I think they're going to have to make some hay, uh, make some progress in the passing game, uh, assuming, assuming the weather holds and things like that. Because I think um, as good as Quinn Bart has been, I don't think the run game is going to be enough uh, to take out Newman. I think they're going to have to find ways to stretch Newman out. And I think Locks is a kid that can do it. He doesn't have, doesn't have fantastic eye-popping mm-hmm. numbers but he's very capable of making big plays at big moments. So I think Locks is a guy to really keep an eye on here. And, um, you know, as, as well as the passing game can go, it, it, you know, he doesn't have to put up 300 yards in this game, but to take some of that pressure off of Martin too, and where they can move Martin around in different spots, because obviously he's athletic to play just about everywhere on the outsider in the backfield. So, uh, I look, I look at it locks here as being the most important figure. So while missing basically, and I thought they were pretty much a lot to get there because they had the I biggest, baddest offensive line. It looked like a, a college all, and it will be. Payson Ziegler is going to go to college. David Williams, maybe the best offensive lineman in the country right now, the way he's doing, pulling and wiping guys out. The Caleb Brewer kid, they just had guys, you know, so – I think the one thing – I do think you're right. I think they're going to have to throw the ball because when you look at Goretti, you know, they got Sam Hobbs playing linebacker. He's a good – he's going to play in college. They got Corden Robinson who's 6'1 and 280. If he was 6'4, he'd probably be going somewhere bigger. He's a load, you know, down there on offensive or defensive line. They do have a good corner, Corey Reed. I'll tell you guys a guy you, you got to watch for Newman Goretti is Deshaun Dotson. 6'5", he's 270. We got him ranked pretty high in our 2024 rankings. He is a freak. He's he's under the radar. And he's got some good offers, but he's under the radar. They got some tough guys up front for Goretti. So I think that's what I think that's how you're they were able to stand up and beat Ohio missing and maybe surprise some people. It's hard now getting a lot of information out of Philly. Uh the coverage just isn't there for those teams anymore and and, and the numbers aren't there. And Gretty's had the talent, and 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 those are some guys I think you should be looking for for them. I'm just most impressed that Newman Gretty goes out and wins a game on Thanksgiving Day, and then turns around and 18 hours later and takes out Northern Lehigh <laughs> in the quarterfinals to get to why I'm missing, and then takes out why I'm missing. I mean, that's that's like a magical mm-hmm. trick. I do I do think that they played most of their JV this year, but probably South Philly. But if I'm remembering correctly. And I may be wrong, so anybody can feel free to hit me up on Twitter at SportsBeLender and correct me. But I think that they they played their starters last year and got their starting quarterback hurt on Thanksgiving and then lost to Wyoming. Missing. I mean, I've heard I mean, that story wrong, East. but it's crazy that they're doing yeah. that. It's been the curse for Easton. They play in that big old, you know, the game with, uh, well, Dan, you know, the whole, the whole rivalry thing with Phillipsburg. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sometimes they had to turn right around and, and play in a quarterfinal mm-hmm. and they would get dusted because it just it's a hard thing to do. Now, I know they played South Philly and all, but still, that's impressive. What the Saints have done in the last six weeks is is just impressive. I expected it three years ago, though. Now, here they are. 
let's let's close yeah. out the players to watch, guys. And you, need, um, and you know, we're already to one o'clock Saturday. It's over. Now we're going to the last game of the the, the slate for the state title, six A title game, seven o'clock, at Cumberland Valley Saturday. Closing it out, St. Joe's Preps versus Harrisburg. A lot of good talent in this game too. Anybody want to start off here with guys to look for? I mean, with me, I. <laughs> I would start with St. Joe's Prep. I know I'm a Harrisburg Cougars guy, but on paper, man, this this St. Joe's Prep's team is extremely stacked. Samaj Jones is a guy not to sleep on, uh, star quarterback, ranked in the country. Emilio, Emilio Agard, you got Keon Powell, Josiah Trotter, the list just goes on. They have top athletes. But my personal opinion, I feel like this Harrisburg team is scrappy, doesn't back down to anyone, has faced a lot of adversity and has offensive weapons too. Probably not to the degree and scale that St. Joe's Prep has, but you have a Kyle Williams, Sean Lee at the quarterback, who's exceedingly improved. And then the defense, I mean, Terrell Reynolds, it's, it's just stacked. You got the Granberry kid, you got Amir Jones, and it's just so many people on there. So I'll let you guys go ahead. That's my piece. Guys, the obvious comparison in Philly, you hate to do this to a kid. I swear Samaj Jones has a very similar game to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. The way he runs, he's a physical runner. He can throw it. I, this kid is good, right? Absolutely. He's yeah. stacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that this matchup is super interesting just because, you know, I don't I don't think a lot of people outside of uh, the 717 area code are giving Harrisburg much of a chance in this game. I just think, and I mean, it's, it's deferring to what we know, which is that St. Joe's Prep is just a factory powerhouse. I think this team's built a little different than even some other Harrisburg teams. I think they're pretty resilient. I think – that they're going to, I think they're going to keep it close at least for maybe a couple quarters or something and see what happens at the end. I think for me, the person who's the biggest, I mean, not the person, but just one guy kind of emblematic of kind of one of the issues I could see the team having is I'm going to look at a true freshman I've written a lot about that just got his first offer um, and Kevin Brown, right tackle, um, just that line in general, but I'm pointing to him particularly because he's a True freshman, he's been playing football for two years. Uh, this is second year playing football. Now his dad played in college and a little bit in the NFL on a practice squad, but he has been playing football for two years. He's in a state championship game, starting at right tackle against one of the best programs in the country. It's going to be a big test for this kid. I think he's not the type of kid that gets rattled by it, but they're going to need that line to hold up because Makai Hopkins is banged up. It sounds like they're waiting on word if he's going to play or not. and. If he even if he doesn't play, they're going to be relying on that run game heavy, and they're going to need that line to hold up. You know, I'll say this about the Kevin Brown kid. I remember him when he was just a baby. Um, when Tim Brown won that first Super Bowl with the Steelers back in two thousand nine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's actually neighbors with me in my neighborhood in Allison Hill. And if for those who don't know, Tim Brown played football at Harrisburg, and he won a state championship in basketball in nineteen ninety eight with Damone Maxwell. Um, but it was just a, a great feeling being a kid and taking a picture with Tim Brown at his Super Bowl ring over his house. For me, it's Saka and Trotter, uh, those two guys, because, you know, Harrisburg, what makes Harrisburg really good is turning those maybe three-yard gains mm-hmm. into seven-yard gains. Williams is really good at doing that. Um, if, if that's not there, they're going to get behind the chains a little bit, and it's going to be tough for Harrisburg. Trotter and Saka are two guys that just – they're heat-seeking missiles. They find the ball. Uh, they typically don't miss uh, when they get there. So uh, those two guys, to me, are uh, two cogs, two big thorns for Harrisburg to Sack is ridiculous. I remember when I first, when, yeah, when when I first saw his name, I thought 
I thought it was Anthony Specca, the central Catholic linebacker. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. We got two freak linebackers who have a similar name, but the, Anthony, and then it made me watch Anthony Sackett. So the kid's a monster. He's going to be a college, high level college player, too. They're, they're wide receivers, guys. David Washington Jr. is going to go play somewhere big. A great route runner, Elijah Jones, is another kid who's going to play some college football. I mean, this is a loaded up team. They're running back, Kasim Phillips. They're gonna they're gonna run the football, okay, and they're gonna try to do that. And he's a guy. I do want to say two guys for Harrisburg. You got to mention Terrell Reynolds is probably the most underrated defensive player in the state. Guys, he's got twenty two and a half sacks. He might have more than that now. He had twenty two and a half last year. He's got the Harrisburg school record. This is a school that Michael Parsons went to, and there are coaches who that you know stuff stats and pad stats. Well, we've been in a lot of these. Dan, you covered it when Terrell Reynolds had six sacks against Carlisle. Carlisle couldn't run a play. His stuff's legit. A lot of times I asked Terrell how many sacks he had. I said, did you have five? He said, I had four. Like, he's he's the type of kid they'll be honest about it. I think he's actually keeping track of him. Uh, he's been on a run this playoff that, I mean, you, I really don't think you could argue there's been a better defensive player in the state in the playoffs than Terrell Reynolds. It's, it's, there, 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 might be, there might have been players as good as him, no one's been better than Terrell Reynolds. I think player. another important thing to mention is this Harrisburg team seems to be a bit be on a bit of a high right now and a great momentum run. And I think any team can thrive on momentum and just having that confidence. You know, you had a guy like Kyle Williams, a Temple commit, had four rushing touchdowns last week in their win. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch. And, you know, from my experience as an athlete growing up, anytime you get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter who your competition is. You're looking at them the same, like, okay, I'm here. I deserve to be here, and I'm going to play as such. So, like, like we all mentioned, yeah. man, St. Joe's prep is stacked. They got a lot more athletes and more experience. But I think this would be a good game to watch, and I think Harrisburg can keep it a bit close here. And unlike in years past, maybe in some, maybe in some years past, I don't want to generalize, but this has been a team that in the playoffs has been hit in the mouth in a mm-hmm. couple of these games. They, the Wilson game, they really got hit in the mouth, and Cal Everett was super happy. His team was able to respond to blowing a 14 nothing lead and falling behind and coming back. They give up a touchdown in the opening drive of Central York, and people are like, uh-oh, here we go again. Another another uh, Harrisburg, maybe another Harrisburg playoff run cut shorter than we would have liked. Uh, this team seems like it has a little bit more resiliency than um, – it has enough resiliency to at least not get discouraged by a tough start because – the, let's face it, there's a there's a realistic chance you get off to a tough start against a team like St. Joe's Prep. Yeah, I think the margin of error is going to be very minimal. But if they can keep that down and just play Harrisburg Cougar football the way they've been doing all year, I mean, to me, the big thing was just avenging a, a loss to State College, right? Um, and, and the way they did that um, was, was very interesting. So We'll get a little more in depth. I want to wrap up this players podcast just by saying, you know, Amir Jones is another guy on Harrisburg's side I think is really underrated. He's a linebacker defensive back time type he's in the box he's down the field covering he's all over the place i think he's been really underrated unheralded for them on defense uh you know we talked about terrell reynolds uh sean Sean leader quarterback his dad played at penn state Uh, he he's been a little bit better if makai hopkins plays uh you know and he didn't play against state college his health is up in there he's got a college offer as a you know, we don't know where he's going to play at next level because if he plays, he's going to be the biggest running back. You see all state championship weekend, you know, 6'3, 250. And then Kyle Williams, he put the team on his back last the Temple commit. Um, that's another game loaded with talent. Guys, we've gone 
52 minutes and what was supposed to be about a half an hour podcast just talking about players. We're good, we need to break down these games. So let's wrap this one up about the players. What do you guys think? We're good? good, man. We're giving a lot of names, guys. So you go out at the games, check these kids out. There's a ton of talent. We really could go for two hours probably just talking about different kids to watch. Uh, and that's what happens when you get to the state championships with Pennsylvania uh, with, with so many talented players. But check those guys out. Get out to the games. And then uh, hit us up for uh, the second podcast. We, we kind of pick our winners and talk about who, how we think these things are going to go. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.